us again. Wait, what are we doing? You, you know. No. Podcast. Wait a minute. You hear that? What is it? I don't know. It sounds like it's getting closer. What the, what the fuck is that? That's right, Rotten Mornings Podcast is coming back at you for season 11. The same old blah blah bullshit you've always expected from us. Remember, Rotten Mornings Podcast? Season 11. I forgot that part. Hello and welcome to this episode of Rotten Mornings. Hello, hello, good morning to you all. Thank you for joining us. It's another Rotten Morning. I'm Matt. I'm Grim. I'm Carrie. And we are all here in your ear, ready to make your day worse or better depending on how you've entered it off. (laughs) P.S. Headphone warning, headphone warning. I'm getting that out now. Headphone warning. Headphone warning. So, as we normally do for this podcast, the first thing we'll be discussing... Podcast! I'm scared. We'll be going over the stuff we did uh, this week. We did stuff? Oh, yeah. We did did a a lot of We did. What the fuck did we do? I don't know. (laughs) We've gone brain dead. So... (laughs) The last thing we talked to you about was what we did last Sunday was that we were out at the uh, Haunted Chicken House. And <coughs> yeah, me. coughing. We were there coughing, <laughs> apparently. Um, so we were filming commercials and taking headshots and not taking heads off, though. Well, Let I me die. be clear about that. Yes, right there. yes. Yeah. So, yeah, we got a lot of pictures done. We filmed some TikTok videos for them. We filmed some long-form videos that we'll be editing uh, also shot like a little Mortal Kombat uh, video game spoof thing that I'm going, sort of going back to the drawing board on because I really want that one to be a good, good, good commercial. Uh, if you got to see it, uh, if you know what I'm talking about, check out the last episode of the retconning uh, from us here at Rotten. Yes. So. And what the next thing, the, what, <laughs> the very next day, I did a live outside on the porch in the rain. I don't know what I was talking about, but you know, I did it. So, you know, go back and check it out or not, because I don't think anybody cares about that live. I was probably being mean to everybody. Anyway, (laughs) we got new couches. We did. And I'm so fucking happy about this. What a fun, like, okay, so Derek, which you guys are familiar with, if you've been watching us lately. The booty hole man. The booty hole man. Uh, He had, uh, he was working a yard for a... um, a really well-off client, and they were moving out of their house. That means rich. That means rich. Mm-hmm. And uh, they had a fucking giant sectional sofa that they were like, oh, we're just going to get rid of it. So I swooped in there and got that son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, big shout-out to uh, Ryan Carroll for helping me carry that. He got a, a refrigerator and a bed out of the deal. Yes, and just so you know, Carrie and I moved <sighs> everything out of this living room by ourselves and cleaned it. They did, and Yay. they brought the couches halfway in, too. Like they Halfway. Went <laughs> it wouldn't go through scared. the hallway. Yeah. We got scared after that. And uh, Matt came home and he was like, God damn it. <laughs> and then like literally picked all this shit up like Hercules, took it back outside around the house and brought it in the right way. Like what the fuck? <laughs> the time you were telling me that I threw the couch on my back and was walking with it and you were trying to hold on. I was. You picked me up I with was, the fucking couch. <laughs> I picked her up with the couch and was dragging her with the couch <laughs> over my I, head. I was like, ho, ho, what, what the fuck, what the fuck? <laughs> and Matt puts it down like, what? 
<laughs> yeah, okay, just continue. It was, it was scary. Mm-hmm. It, this is a heavy-ass couch, and it is long as fuck. I don't know how you did it. Yeah. But you surprised me sometimes. Surprise! And I posted a video called Did You Know? And She's I'd, telling dad jokes. She's stealing my bit. Shut the fuck. You know what? Skipping over it. Bit. Skipping over it. Matt shared on the Rotten Reviews page the Miller's Cheese Boards and Trays. And it is just that. The Miller's Cheese Boards and Trays. That's right. They were doing Facebook their um, their memorial um, day sales for her charcuterie boards. And, man, they have the best cheese, best stuff. Kim does a fucking phenomenal job. Those cats are so amazing. You've got to get you some of that cheese. And for the first time... Just so everybody knows, because we've talked about this before, Mimi, Mamba Baptiste from Conjure, finally got some fucking cheese. And finally. She's been up our ass about Yay. the cheese. She finally got some cheese, so. I'm excited for Hoo-ah. her. <laughs> I'm sure she's already ate it all. I yes. know if, if she's anything like you, she yes. ate it all. Mm-hmm. And then, what did we do? We Let shot a uh, quick little uh, review for Bluebell's Ice Cream's new flavor, the Dr. Pepper Float. That was really fun. It was. <laughs> that was, it was, it. It was a we good flavor. We fought fla- each it's, other. It's a really good flavor. I liked it. Don't forget when we did the, uh, the makeup and did some videos. We did. Yes, I don't had, know when, but we did it. You had your um, your light up thing. Oh, my LED wings. Yeah, I constantly call them the LED LED wings. wings, so I've been trying to correct myself. And I made Skelly. And Carrie made a new OC uh, Skelly. Yes, she did, and <clears throat> holy fuck, it is badass. Me. And is it is it glow in the dark or is it? Yes, it's like black light. I love it. Very well done. Hazard waste. What did we do after that? If side, if like this is cleavage, right, and this is side boob, uh-huh. then what is this? Inner cleavage. <laughs> inner cleavage. Inner cleavage boob. That's Scully, the inner cleavage skeleton. <laughs> okay, moving past the cleavage stuff, it is uh, we went and ate at a place Matt recommended. Yes, it, it was, was a place so called the Farmhouse of Springville, and it was phenomenal. And if anything is a representation of their food, uh, the look on my face when I tasted the creme brulee. Uh, oh, my God. Oh, yes. That... That made me happy to watch. That was really fucking, really good. The So I got the Madness Burger or something like that, yeah. and that was good. It had, like, jalapenos and stuff on it. But if you want to know more about everything, you can, you know, just go there and go shut there. the fuck up. Yeah. Eat shut food. Up. <laughs> and let me say this. I'm very picky on burgers, like, all my life. I rarely eat them. But this place has the best burger so, so good. So really you good. guys go check out the farmhouse of Springville. Be sure to check out our uh, post. We got some pictures of our food and us and our Karaz antics. And we put a little review up there. So, yeah, it was good we stuff. We did. It check was it phenomenal. Tiny little mini review. And we did a live. Uh, Matt and I did a live sitting in the sun while Carrie did her schoolwork. And yes. uh, you got a package from Dress Lily. I did. That you opened. So I'm very skeptical of ordering anything uh, that's outside of Amazon or Etsy, but I decided to take a chance because I kept seeing these ads in my Facebook on Dress Lily, and I ordered the shit, and holy fuck, it was good. I love it. Yeah. I did a little video I'm going to edit and upload sometime soon. Yes. <laughs> Where are we So at? then, on uh, Saturday, we went to the City of Chaos. We had a little uh, haunt owner actors get together. We had about, yeah, around... 
70, 80 people showed up. We had five or six different haunts that were all present. Um, Hellbilly was there, Nightmare at 3008, East of Bogan Manor, 13 Stories Haunted House, Conjure, uh, and of course, City of Chaos, where we were at. And, and Sanitarium wanted to be there, but they couldn't. A lot of people wanted to be there, but they had fan. You and, know, it's yeah, summertime, so. Look, they had me and Shane book the day, and me and Shane don't think about fucking holidays, and it was right up against Memorial Day, so probably wasn't the best timing. Most but, everybody was going camping and whatever else, so I get it. But we had fun. We had door prizes, Scarecrow mm-hmm. Creations. Uh, we had some of their uh, outfits that raffle. we gave away. We had a raffle. Yes. Uh, and that went well. Tim won one of those outfits. Send us a video of him in the clown outfit. So if you mm-hmm. want to see that shit, look on, go on our site on Facebook. It is yes. fucking hilarious. He looks hilarious in that outfit. Oh, he always <sighs> looks hilarious. Yes. Yes, he does. Always going to laugh at. <laughs> oh, granddad. Oh, granddad Tim. <laughs> oh, it, granddad Tim. And like the whole time we were there, he's picking on Carrie and everything. And it's so fucking funny. Yeah. Because his jokes suck. Worst jokes ever. I also like to put out in that podcast that, um, Zach, I'm going to get your ass. Ooh. I'm going to get your ass. You deserve it. It is so on when you least expect it. I'm going to get your ass. And once Matt starts, you know, we're all jumping in. So just a heads up, (laughs) could be coming any day. (laughs) We don't let go of things. (laughs) We hold grudges. So, yeah, again, thank you to City of Chaos and everybody that showed up and showed out and uh, just, you know, a hoot of a load of fun. And we've got some others scheduled that we're working on. Uh, even one of the guys, uh, they want to do it out at 13 Stories all the way out in Georgia. They want to have an actor so day. I'm so excited. Oh, uh, shout out to Mambo Baptiste. Mimi, thank you for the clothes that you gave to Yes, she yes. let us like raid uh, some clothes that she had and the girls in went her store. nuts. Yes. And the guy that was waiting, like that was working at the cash register was fucking hilarious. I love the love shit him. out of that dude. He was awesome. And um, so I was going to say something and I completely forgot, but yeah, you're welcome. Thank you. But Mimi, thank you for everything you do for us. Yes, thank, thank you, Mimi. You, Mimi. And so, she bought us some skirts, too. Oh, yeah. Skirts and pants and stuff. If you cannot yes. take her anywhere and have any sort of Halloween decorations that she's not going to go and fucking buy something from. It's impossible to take her anywhere. I know. And she's like, come on, girls. We're going shopping. I'm like, uh, okay. I'm <laughs> <laughs> just trailing behind. <laughs> But yeah, so uh, that's the breakdown of our week. Uh, I just finished one of the East Boga commercials. I got one more to go. I did a tarot card live today. Yes, oh, yeah, she right. did. Yeah. We, I was working on stuff, but I could hear her and her singing, and it was beautiful. Mails. So you know, uh, what do you, what do, you, what do you watch us? Follow us. Yes. You know, stay in touch with us. Uh, we got all kinds of fucking shit coming up. The only way you're going to know about these meetups and shit is by following us on Rotten to listen to the podcast to, yeah. uh, you know, follow our socials. That way you our stay socials. in contact with everything sure, that sure. we're doing. <laughs> but again, I want to thank everybody that came out and uh, everybody that was, you know, just big supportive. I love seeing our fucking community grow like it is. I love everything about this and we are going to continue to push this. Absolutely. So if there's not anything else, I don't think uh, anything else. I don't think so. Shut the fuck up, Matt! (laughs) (laughs) I didn't mean to scare the cat. So, yeah. So, we are going to uh, leave you on that note. uh, Tell you stay rotten and progress on with this fucking train wreck of a podcast. You bitch. (laughs) Yeah. Stay out of the water. (laughs) All right. So, uh, yeah. Welcome to Rotten Mornings, episode 11. Uh, Stay rotten, guys. Stay rotten. Yeah, what they said.
Have you ever wished to hear your horoscope and the Rotten Mornings podcast at the same time? Now you can. Welcome to Carrie's Astrobites. Hello, guys, and welcome to Carrie's Astrobites for the week of May 29th. It is still 2023. Yeah, what the hell is that? <laughs> yeah, it is still 2023. For quite some time, honestly. I say that every time we do this. There we go, guys. It's Get just the habit at this it's point. Over. There's your no, this is not okay. over. Okay, this is just the beginning. Aren't you glad? <laughs> I threw a sandwich at Matt earlier. We've been talking about it for 10 minutes now. It was pretty funny. I'm sorry. I you threw it at it. Matt. Why did it hit me in the fucking arm? I'm sorry. It was his fault. He pulled you in the way of it. Matt, you bitch. Yeah, yeah he was okay. using you as a shield. That's pretty fucked I was up, dude. With anyways. A sandwich because All of right. You. Anyways, <laughs> astrobites and stars and stuff. So, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> Saturday, we have a full moon in Sagittarius. That Ooh. is going to be really fun. Fun. Awesome. I love full moon and Sagittarius. <laughs> yes, it's very easy going. Good time for your ideas to flow and you to embrace them. Embrace change this week. It's have gonna you ever be great. Moon somebody and pooped yourself at the same time? No, but I have mooned somebody. Okay. Yeah. I'm not saying I've done it. I was just wondering if anybody else had, had well, done no, it. Well, no, but as a, a teenager, I would flash the uh, UPS truck driver all the time. I used to jump like on the trampoline and that do it. and my boobs. Hey, look at my butthole. No, like we'd jump on the trampoline and people would drive by and we'd be like, ooh. <laughs> it's pretty fucked up. But, um, yeah. It's still 2023, guys. <laughs> 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 Go back to the flashing times. Yeah. <laughs> it's very flashy, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, luckily they just boink, do boink. it inside of the house and run around naked all the time. We instead. do. <laughs> and and Matt cries and runs away. Yeah, I cry, run away, and hit, and it's, it's, it's just a joy. And we try to yank your clothes off, it's too. It's a joy. We would never hit you. Grim tries to put her finger in my butthole. I do not. She does not do that, you liar. You stick your own finger up your own butthole. I do not molest you. He sticks his own fingers up his butt. Don't listen to him. (laughs) You stick your own fingers up your butt. Okay. Astrology. There was a purpose for this. Look, guys, the astrology part where we talk about sticking our fingers up each other's butthole. I mean, astrology. (laughs) I was doing it now. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, what? (laughs) Okay. I'm just going to move the mic this way. Um, (laughs) Bring the beat back. (laughs) (laughs) Carrie's Astro Bites. (laughs) Carrie's Astro Bites. It's a horoscope now. Whatever the hell it is. Tapestry, whatever. (sighs) You hate that word, you fucking hypocrite. Ow, ow. I don't know why he's saying L. He's tripping. Stop tripping, Maticus. All right, guys. Let's get down to it, darn tootin'. God damn it. There it is. At least I didn't say something that rhymes with tootin'. The thing Matt does all the time? No, I'm not going to tell you what it is, but it's bad. Oh, my God. 
Fruit Lupin. Thank you guys for coming to the morning's podcast. It's everything you've always it's wanted. It's dark tooting Fruit Lupin. No. I hope you food. guys are ready for your day to be made better by these awesome horoscopes that are coming down the pipeline. A ready? A one, a two, a three. Aries. Embrace. <laughs> it's very Aries in here. Yeah. Embrace the opportunities that come your way this week and make the most of them. Despite taking risk in a new venture, your financial status will remain stable. Tauruses, you can expect new opportunities to arise through your connections and acquaintances. Embrace a change that will bring out your best qualities as it presents a promising path for your future career. Geminis, opportunities for growth will arise through connections with influential individuals. This week will conclude with joyful news and noteworthy accomplishments. Cancers. You have artistic inclinations. Your work or performances will receive high praise. Exercise caution and protect your valuable possessions. Leo. Your relationships will yield positive results and bring happiness. It is important to prioritize a fitness program to maintain your physical well-being and stay in shape. Virgos. This week presents a favorable opportunity for implementing your new plans or strategies. When it comes to your job, avoid jumping to conclusions without careful observations. Libras. (laughs) (laughs) I can't do this. I need some coffee. Matt made some bomb-ass coffee. Oh, it's so good. I made ass coffee. Ass coffee. God damn it, Carrie. <sighs> Yummy. <laughs> Get your mouth off of that. <laughs> Pretty light. <laughs> okay, Libra. Oh, yeah. Back on track. Libra. It is advisable to distance yourself from troublesome situations or areas that may bring unnecessary stress. You will successfully fulfill your commitments and responsibilities. Scorpio, it is advisable to put any new deals or involvement in immoral acts on hold for now. You are currently in a positive phase, so embrace it. Sagittarius, establish stability and lay strong foundations in your life. Take this opportunity to better organize your affairs and create a solid framework for the future. It is important to maintain a low profile and avoid unnecessary confrontations during this time. (laughs) Oh my god! I just wanted to say that for funsies, you know. Silly goofy mood. Groups try to kill me again. Silly goofy mood. Yeah, silly goofy mood. No. Yes. <laughs> Capricorns. Positive advancements can be expected in both your career and family matters. Express your positive emotions and be protective of yourself and those around you. This week you can expect to achieve the desired outcomes you have been working towards. Aquarius. You will find yourself undergoing significant emotional changes as well as witnessing similar transformations in those around you. There is a possibility of recovering money that had been blocked for a considerable period of time. This is a period that encourages self-reliance and learning from past mistakes. Pisces. Your natural empathy often makes it challenging for you to have difficult conversations with others. However, this week, it's time to have those productive conversations and resolve any issues that have been swept under the rug. If you express your feelings with sensitivity and take the time to truly hear what another is saying, then you can use your empathy to reach resolution to a long-held conflict. 
This beautiful man. Uh, my name is Carrie, and this has been Carrie's Astrobot. <laughs> <coughs> my name is Carrie. And it is still 2023, it just is. in case it's you're still wondering. Fucking 2023. <laughs> yeah, what he said. <laughs> Well, yeah. Okay, so uh, thank you for... Uh, no, uh, we're not having queso today. Shut up, Matt. We're uh, having salsa instead of queso. And we will see you here in a second and another thing in a second. Yeah, stay rotten. And while you're staying rotten, remember to stay rot to ten. Get your fucking face off of my goddamn mic. I'm gonna lick it. Hey, listeners. Wanna choke me? <laughs> goddamn it, Grim. That's not the lines we talked about. Ah. Uh, Hey listeners, want to actually learn something here? We'll get a load of Grimm's Poetry Shorts. Welcome back to Grimm's Poetry Shorts. And this episode, I am talking about a poem of forgetfulness by Hart Crane. This touches my heart because we experience this every day here at Rotten. So here it goes. <laughs> <laughs> Forgetfulness is like a song that, freed from beaten measure, wanders. Forgetfulness is like a bird whose wings are reconciled, outspread and motionless, a bird that coasts the winds unwearingly. Forgetfulness is like rain at night, or an old house in the forest, or a child. Forgetfulness is white, white as a blasted tree, and it may stun the sibyl into prophecy or bury the gods. I can remember much forgetfulness. Ah, I know you can relate, Matt. Nice, nice ending. <laughs> hey, you know how I feel about forgetfulness. Forgetfulness? Forgetfulness is my favorite thing in the world, and it has aided me in everything in life. Forgetfulness is the ability to look at the world as a child at all times and not be have your idea of reality tendered by your past. I know a lot of people say if you... Forget the past or don't learn from it, you're doomed to repeat it. But I don't think that's necessarily true. I believe that invention proves that things can move forward. Anyways, I love to forget things. I don't know if you do, because sometimes you get a little angry. Well, like, it's just what because was everybody that? wants me to remember it. <laughs> that, that is true. <laughs> so, uh, Hart Crane is another gay poet. So, meow. But unfortunately, of course, being gay... There's a lot of struggles with that because of society and different things like that, you know. But he was born July 21st, 1899 on Ohio. In Ohio. Yeah, he was born on Ohio soil. Yeah, soil. Oh, oh, Ohio soil. <laughs> yep. And he died April 27th, 1932 in Mexico at 32 years old. So he had a very short life. That was very depressing, but he kept trudging forward until eventually he broke down. So... An American poet inspired by T.S. Eliot and, or, El, yeah, it's Eliot and mm. Walt Whitman. Walt Whitman. Crane was seen a lot of times as more of a pessimistic writer and was an influential modernist, meaning he donated most of his time to abandoning traditional writing forms and typically, typically his poems were without rhyme or meter, hmm. which is mostly unheard of. Yeah. In the past. But 
I found something very interesting. James Franco actually made a movie about him. It's called The Broken Tower, which is the title of one of his poems, oh, nice. Crane's poems. The Broken Tower was originally rejected by Poetry Magazine and only printed after Crane's death. His parents were upper-middle-class, upper miserable fucks that treated Crane terribly. Uh, his mother leaned on him emotionally for lots of emotional support, and his father constantly belittled him and wanted him to go into the family business. I love how you don't let your, uh, you know, your investigative narrative get tendered by... No. <laughs> by emotional statements like miserable fucks. <laughs> how do you how does one prove that they were miserable fucks? I don't I don't know how to prove it. It's a podcast. I can't really present anything. But he had a lot of surviving letters. That's one of the things and the things uh, he wrote about and just surviving stories mostly. That told about how his parents treated him. They were miserable fucks. And they were miserable fucks. And <laughs> his father owned a candy industry, like his own factory, and actually invented the Lifesavers candy. So I thought that was pretty oh, fucking cool. His dad owned not just one line of candy factories, but a few in different places in, I believe it was New York. But he would fight with Crane constantly about working for him in the family business, and Crane wanted no part of it. And not only that, because Crane was gay, his dad couldn't fucking stand it. But he was always hiring him, trying to get into him to work there. But as a teenager, he met his first love, which was a guy that was a co-worker there while he was working at his dad's business. And uh, I guess word got around, and his dad's, like, fucking pissed off, and I think he fired him. I don't oh, know. God. Fired the other guy, not Crane, of course. Yeah, of course. But Crane was raised partially by his grandmother in Cleveland, and she was, she had an extensive library, which is where Crane spent most of his time and learned about all the different poets and started teaching himself all the different shit that he loved. And because of the abuse of his parents, he missed out so much in school that he quit. But it wasn't just the abuse. It was... Not letting him sleep with all their constant fighting. they Their sex life was shit, and they blamed Crane for it. <laughs> I don't know how that happened, but okay. I guess having a kid sucked for them. But he didn't go to college like he wanted to. But he did get straight into poetry, which was very good. He didn't let anything like that stop him. Yeah. Uh, Crane moved to New York, and... He was able to rub elbows with all the other poets and writers of his time... Fucking phenomenal, honestly. Moving there and then just jumping right into the scene and releasing all of his different shit. Yeah, that's fucking. Meeting badass. everybody, and badass. he worked in an advertising copy as an advertising copywriter at uh, while working at his father's company as well. So he had like two different jobs at once mm. for the most part. But he always focused on his poetry, and on the side he was selling advertisements for different magazine companies like the Review which was focused on modernist poets, and he also joined different literature clubs, like uh, one called Seven Arts or whatever. So he was very much involved, and everybody was quickly learning who he was, even from 17. All this was starting when he was 17 years old. And at the same time, his at 17, his parents got a divorce. So, yeah, that was pretty fucking sad. But uh, he Man, began... He the 17? Shit. He made it to like 30 or something. No, like I mean, he made it to 17 before they got a divorce? Yeah. 
awesome. <laughs> right? That's pretty good, actually. Um, so Crane in 1917, Crane began publishing his works at a journal called Pagan. So I thought that was pretty cool. Oh, yeah. This was also the year, the same year at 17, when his parents got a divorce. His mom came to live with him at his grandma's house, and his dad really just started like, fuck you, kid, fuck you, get a real job, and harassing him about it. And uh, thought that being a poet was stupid and fruitless, so was always badgering the shit out of him. And to escape them, he tried to join the army, but was rejected because of his age. Because this was all happening when he was 17 years old still. Like, so much fucking happened. Uh, he moved to Cleveland and worked in a, it was some kind of munitions plant or something. But when World War One ended in 1918, he began working as a reporter. But that was very short-lived. And he moved back to New York because things didn't really work out there. And his dad continued to harass him even more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and his mom became very extremely emotionally attached to him like this is my son you got to listen to all my problems and he was she was still a bitch to him but so she was using him as a at like a husbandly yes shoulder. it was i i felt like it was like emotionally sexual there she was codependent but also very much yeah but crane's relationships became very brief and ended in heartbreak like his personal relationships with other people he was dating things got worse financially and really in all ways for him. And he moved to Woodstock, New York with his friends to enjoy nature and have peace. And then he began a relationship with a guy named Emil Offer, I believe. I probably butchered that. Which inspired many beautiful poems. And um, where was I? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it was great poems. Like, I loved reading through a lot of them. I would read more here, but I'm not going to. You can look it up yourself. But with him being in such a relationship with a guy, it caused a lot more problems with his family and, of course, surrounding communities and things like that. And they everyone began to condemn him. So he was having a really fucking hard time. And his relationship began to crumble. And he turned to alcohol and violent sex with lots of different people. And it led to depressive episodes and self-destruction. And then his grandma died. And he started trying to please his dad in society. And he decided to try to be with a woman. I don't know if it was just experimental or what. But it didn't really work out very well. And on April 27th, 1932, he was on a ship on the Gulf of Mexico on the way back to New York. And I guess he didn't want to come back to everything. And he ended up jumping off the side of the boat of the ship. And then, you know, he died. So he committed suicide. And they never found his body. The yeah. end. Shit. Never found his body, really? <laughs> yeah, they never did. They put some kind of plaque or something on his dad's grave to commemorate him. But that was it. Hmm. Interesting. I don't know if they've done anything else recently, but that's yeah. all I could find. So, you know, that was Grimm's Poetry Shorts. Yeah, go watch the, the Franco movie. Yeah. That's probably cool. Uh, before we jump into the next section, Matt had to say something about a correction for... Oh, yes. In the next section, we do a review of uh, Evil Dead Rise. And Grimm, at one point, was suggesting that Bruce Campbell had a voiceover role in that and i as the preacher or... if you listen closely i call her out and tell her she's wrong 
and she was right. I was wrong. I cannot believe. As always. I did not realize that was Bruce Campbell's voice. I am, I'm an idiot. Well, I didn't notice his voice. It was just what Google told me. Yeah, but I was still right, I regardless. I definitely should have recognized his voice. But yeah, you'll hear that. So just ignore that. I have, I accept <laughs> my stupidity in this situation. Yay! <laughs> finally, you admit your wrongs Ugh. and wrongdoings. I'm proud of you, Matt! Stay rotten, you guys, (laughs) and we will see you in the next section. See you there. Um, for the movie review. Bye, guys. Stay rotten. And now it's another movie review brought to you by Rotten Reviews. Reviews, reviews, movies, movies. Yeah, what they say. Let's talk some shit. It's time for another movie review. Oh my god! I'm scared. Let's start. We're starting. (laughs) 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 So, Matt and Carrie. Come a little bit closer. Matt and Carrie just had a butt slapping contest on my butt. It was a contest? They both lost. What? No. I'm okay with it. (laughs) I slapped my own butt harder. I win. (laughs) 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 So hello guys, and uh, so far we're uh, we actually did talk about what we did last week for the first part, but so far all of these haven't had anything to do with what they're supposed to do. But so, anyways, here we go. This is our movie review for Evil Dead Rise, which I've waited quite some time to check out. Finally got a chance to, and. First impressions, just easy, man. You well, gotta see this and, movie. And again, spoiler alert. If oh, you right. haven't seen it. We waited till the end of the podcast to put this up. So you guys, if you don't want to hear any spoilers, don't listen to the rest we're of gonna, this. We're gonna I'm gonna tell you when to stop listening. We're just gonna do a little bit of a like what we thought about it right now and kind of give it a little bit of a grade. But when we go into it talking about it, I'll I'll warn you right before that. So we're just gonna go around the room. Me, personally, I loved it. I thought it was great. There are certain things that I wished were a little bit better. It harkened back to other movies like Wreck 3 and some other films like that, that, a lot of the imagery, but also it stayed true to the subject matter, and it did a lot of fan service, which I applauded the shit out of, and I definitely, I rate this movie really high. I give this movie like a 9. I think it was really, really good. Oh, wow. Okay, well, I give this movie an 8 out of 10. Um I think this was a really phenomenal movie. It was a fast-paced bloodbath with some really great kills, and I can't wait to delve into this. Agreed. And Carrie? I'd have to also give this movie a 9 out of 10. I really liked it, um, and there was a lot of parts that I had to write down because I actually really liked them, and I don't really write down the parts I like normally, so... I guess that means something. That means something. Yes, it does. So, yeah, like, uh, I guess the the first experience, I'm just going to give you a little bit of heads in and then I'll tell you spoilers, but we, uh, the first five minutes of the film, which you can find anywhere online, it's really great. It's a good way. It sets a very interesting tone because the beginning of it is very bright and out in the woods and it's, oh, it's like the Evil Dead was. The but drone it wasn't. shot through the forest. Yes. That was fucking phenomenal. <clears throat> I love how they, it's almost like Sam Raimi is kind of pointing out or the director is like, look at how easy it is for me to recreate Sam Raimi's shot. 
and what Raimi did back in the day with these giant lugging cameras doing that same shot, it's kind of almost like, hey, ha ha ha, we don't have to do it that way. And then it's the drone. I, I don't know. I can't, It, it kind of seemed like he was making a, 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 a pitchback joke, which I think is hilarious. <laughs> I liked when it ripped the girl's scalp off and yes. said, who's oh, the brainless yes. meat puppet now? So who she's talking about is one of the girls had become a deadite, and the scene that starts that is uh, the deadite is sitting on the bed. And she's a, she is a dead eye, right? Yes. Okay, mm-hmm. making sure. I wasn't saying it wrong. Like, I don't beginning. have a lot of knowledge on this franchise. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember anything I watched years ago. Anyway, so she's sitting on the bed, and she starts reading, uh, I guess, uh, she's mentally picking up she's or reading. She's, like, narrating the book that the other, other girl, girl is quietly reading in the corner. In her mind. In her mind. She's yes. just reading it and silently. So the girl on the bed is saying it all out loud in such a creepy way. It was done so well. And all of this is done during the daylight. This is the only time, this is the only scene that's really, the beginning is the daylight. Everything yeah, it's literally uh, the only scene that was in the light is this mm-hmm. opening scene. I thought that it was really cool. Like, I think I noticed in past things that I have seen that um, in this type of franchise, they do a lot of daylight kills, too, mm-hmm. so or daylight things like yes, that. Yes, And I like that it made you think, oh, this is what this is going to be, and it's yes. like, nope. Mm-hmm. I didn't like uh, how the girl walked out on the pier that just got scalped, and it just looked like somebody dumped blood on her head. It and did. It the didn't yeah. the, the scalping like pull scalping off look looked gone. really, really good. Yeah. And then they kind of robbed it by just not really having much going on. Because she would have had a smooth head. There wouldn't have been more blood that gathered there. There's mm-hmm. Where would the blood have even come from? Exactly. It was like matted up hair. Yeah, yeah that's it, exactly it what basically it looked, like. looked like matted up hair, even which doesn't... It it would, but again, I mean, we're going to pick at this movie, but it was still a damn good movie. Yeah, but. So there was only a few things that I would say bad about it anyway. Like, um, in the same beginning scene, the animatronic head, you can tell, is very badly animatronic. Yes. Like they, yeah. The fluid, uh, the, the motions weren't fluid. Yeah. And I'd like to say this before we get into spoiler territory, because we're just kind of mentioning before they get to the credits, um, give you a a sort of an idea of what I believe a deadite is when it comes to the Evil Dead franchise. And that is that somebody becomes a deadite by having the demon from the book that has been released enter their body and basically burrow into them, take over their body. Mm -hmm. They still have a soul and stuff, but it's like caught inside of the deadite because Ash has been able to unbecome a deadite before. Um, But for some reason, the deadite has to damage the body consistently in order to disparage the the human entity inside of it. Mm -hmm. So the more damage it can do to its physical form, Mm -hmm. the more control over that physical form it will have. And that harkens back to Return of the Living Dead when the girl was becoming a zombie and the way to keep her from becoming a zombie was causing herself all this different pain. Mm-hmm. Um, but I loved how it jumped into the creepy and evilness since from the very beginning. It yeah. was just like, bam, 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 like it never stopped. There wasn't that long, I mean, there were a few long drawn out stuff, but it a lot of it made sense. Right, so, and yes. the, that's and the fit. second part to being a deadite is is that deadites get power from fear. So instead of a deadite, like if you watch a movie and there's a monster that's taken over somebody and they want to kill somebody in the room and somebody comes and leans over them and they're like, are you okay? Well, the monster immediately snaps and kills them, right? That's Mm -hmm. how it goes. Deadites are not that simple. A deadite has to like torment 
the person before they kill them. They will never go for the easy kill. They'll always go for something that'll hurt them enough and then just keep fucking with them and, and fucking with them. The reading the book, throwing herself off the bed, convulsing and vomiting. And all like that, that stuff all of that completely was completely irrelevant, but her. was just to make the girl so afraid that it gave the deadite more power. Yes. And the makeup, the blood, the usage of blood throughout this film. The it cum amazed throw up. Me. Yeah, the cum throw up was <laughs> very good. There's just like a lot of cum throw up in this. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so that right there is going to be... The non-spoiler review, uh, you heard our review, our number is 9-9, and you said 8, correct? Yes, 8. Yes. So, good movie. If you went to cut it off now, we would not chagrin you. Have a great morning and stay rotten, but if not, stick around, because we're going to give you a good little breakdown of this movie, and here we go at it now. Let's rock and roll. So, after all that stuff happens that we just talked about in the intro, mm-hmm. um, the girl raises out of the water. And she's floating above the water as a deadite. And the Evil Dead credit scene comes over from behind her head. And it was it was pretty good shot, but there was a lot of points I could see where the blend was off and everything was kind of a little off. But it's minutia stuff. And it was the brightest scene in the movie. The brightest point in that whole movie is when they show the credits, which literally offsets the tone for the rest of the movie, which is literally dark as fuck. Like, not just dark as in, like, whoa, this is dark, but dark as in, like, Lighting. it is very hard to yes, see. Yes, and in both aspects. See, I, the mother, how it, this is happening to a family aspect, a mother of three and her sister, and I can tell the girl had, all of them had a lot of fun on the set of doing this, especially mm-hmm. the main character. Is Sutherland, what's yeah. her name? Okay, yeah, well, Sutherland had a lot of fun doing this. And her antagonizing her kids as much as she did, that was horrific and gut-wrenching to watch. Yes. I loved it. That, that's a real, a real big point of how they took a more connective group of people so that torture could be at a different level. Um, so it starts with... The kids going into that. The kids are in, they went going to get a to pizza. Get a pizza. And their mother's uh, uh, sister has just come back home, and she's saying, hey, I'm back from tour. I haven't been talking to you, but I I need to stay here for a while, la la loo. The kids are downstairs, and all of a sudden, there's a big-ass earthquake. And a lot of people say that the connection between Ash versus the Evil Dead and this movie is at the point when the earthquake happens that that was the same point in the last season of Ash versus the Evil Dead where the ground cracked open in his town mm-hmm. and that all that happened all the way across uh, into this area as well. So then the kid finds the book and all this different stuff and, and it turns out there's like three different Necronomicons. Yes, and I just want to say when he finds the book while they're down there Jesus tries to kill Danny. Yeah. <laughs> like, so Jesus just kind of falls on him, and it's like, ah! <laughs> so uh, he gets the book, and uh, he gets the record, and he leaves out of there. And the book looks really cool in this one. It's just basically like a little bit of skin with these gnarly-ass fucking teeth that doesn't have the human face on it. Um, and he takes it upstairs, and as Wait, per usual... As per it always happens in all these movies, somebody is told, don't fuck with the book. He figures out the book, like, cuts him. He bleeds on the book, just like in every other Evil Dead. That's how the book opens. Mm-hmm. Book opens. He reads, looks looks at it, doesn't understand it. There's a record. He puts it on his player. 
His sister says, don't fuck with it. He does it anyways. He starts playing the fucking record. Goddamn kids in horror movies. They're the fucking worst. And of course, you hear the fucking kanda, kanda. And the demon starts coming, and the mother was downstairs getting the laundry, and boom, the demon hits her, (laughs) takes her out, throws her into the elevator. Elevator goes up, smashes all this shit. And then you get your sort of pseudo tree rape scene, which was beautiful with the electrical cords in the elevator, like basically stringing her up in this kind of box, very BDSM, Mm -hmm. and it breaks her arm backwards and shit. Breaks her leg. But God, that was beautiful. Fucking beautiful. Just hear the bones cracking. Can I just say the contortioning in this whole movie is just beautiful. There was only one part where I was kind of iffy on it, but we'll get to that. So, of course, like, she, they all are out there, and she comes out of the elevator, and they're in the house and arguing about different bullshit, and she, the one, the short-haired daughter looks over her shoulder, and she's like, Mom, and she's kind of over in the corner where you can't see her, and they're like, what the hell, and she walks into the kitchen, and they follow her in the kitchen, and she starts Cooking eggs just horribly, just rudely just horrible. Throwing, them in <laughs> throwing there. the whole thing in and there. And the sister comes in and she's like, What up, sis? Yeah, and she starts like <laughs> raking around in there, talking about them being like worthless cum dollops of and like sucking energy. And then her sister was a cunty she groupie. Around, she's and she's like, It's in me. Yeah. And then she drops to the ground and fakes them out because that's how the deadites go. This was the contortioning part that I was iffy on because when she went down, it was like they put the effect before she was in the position. And so it made it kind of glitchy on her two back legs. And it was like you could see the waviness of it. And I was like, ah. <laughs> no. And so, of course, she Still good, though. She tries to get at them and, and fuck, they fight a little bit and... She gets a hold of the short-haired daughter, and she's got like a... She grabs a fucking tattoo gun because they have a tattoo gun plugged up and ready to go in their house. Is this before or after the part where the coroner came? Oh, uh, yeah. Technically speaking, before... I I jumped ahead, didn't I? did. Okay, so she comes out of the elevator, and they... No, no, this is there. Yeah, this is right. So, But before anybody dies, this is when she hit the ground. Right, she hit the ground, yes. and they're like, what the fuck is going on? But then she hopped up, they battled, mm-hmm. she takes the tattoo gun, mm-hmm. sticks it into her face, gets yes. her blood on it, yes. then draws it across the daughter's face, mm-hmm. then throws up blood, or maybe it was the cum throw up she got on her, yeah. or maybe it was blood, throws up on her, they wrestle the mom back to her feet, get her thrown out of the house, lock the door Put the case in front of the door. Now the mom's outside, and everybody's like, what the fuck is going on? Wait, what no, this the is, fuck? This is after she died, because the coroner um, was already out in the hallway when they locked her out. So before that was when she had died, per se, and the coroner clicked the eyes closed, and the eyes came back open. Oh, right. She, they put her in the house. That's right. In the bed, yeah. In the bed. And then she kind of sat back up, and then yes. all that happened. And so then she starts killing. Right. But she did contortion before that. So yes. So the contortion, dead. Coroner comes. He notices the eye thing, so they say a prayer. And then that's when shit goes ba because the coroner and the other guy, 
leave the place. Right, because they're trying to find a way to get off of the floor because the elevator was broken and the stairs were locked and they were trying to unlock the door. So they're outside. So there's two kids and two adults outside now in the hallway doing other things. And the family's in there with the dead sister. The sister gets up, all fucking hell breaks loose. La la loose shit with a tattoo gun happens. Like, just people are getting tossed about. Oh, the fly landed on her eye was really cool. Oh, yeah, they did an was. Aeon Flux intro where the fly lands on her, like, bare eye and she blinks it off. Um, so she gets thrown out in the hallway and then she just kind of, like... Oh, I know, but, but before, before the bathtub. Yes. The, all those scenes, oh, yeah, like, right, her, right. Her she, coming out and stepping on the glass and the way she moves. She wakes up in bed and they're yes. like, oh, my God, she's awake. And everybody rushes in and she's acting sort of normalish. And they're like, oh my God, she's burning up. So they run her into the bathroom, throw in the bathtub. And the daughter's like, I'll go get some ice. And she runs to go get ice. While her eyes are like going to the back of her head. I'll go get ice. So then she fucking shoots out of the fucking bathtub, sticks to the fucking ceiling, starts doing all this crazy shit. Screams. It's done so well. And her her facial posture, everything. She looks so much better as a dead eye. That's what we were talking about. She looked amazing as a dead eye. She was hot as fuck as a dead eye. Yes, she was. But then she does the any mini miny mo and points to the little little girl. They're like, Mommy, and she's like Mommy's with the, the baggage now. I love that <laughs> part. The way she says it. And I think, did you say they reversed camera or something? Yes, when she crawls out of the bathtub, they do one of those cool shots where they make somebody do a motion in reverse as it would feel naturally going forward. And then they reverse it. So you get this really weird sort of jerky movement. It's the same way they did like Ringu and shit like that. A lot like how we do our TikToks also. It's the same concept. It's sped up a little bit. So you kind of like move a lot slower and it makes it look really jerky. Missing. Oh, yeah. I loved how like uh, Ellie, dead eye Ellie now, she's like, what's happening to me, sweetheart? And one of the kids is like, I don't know, mom. And she's like, I do. I'm free now. Free from all you titty sucking parasites. <laughs> <laughs> I was and like, holy I fuck. Can't, like, the, one of my favorite parts right there is when she gets thrown out in the hallway, the corner's out there and she attacks him and she fucking sucks his eye out of his face and then spits it across the room and it goes into the other guy's mouth and, chokes him and it is literally shot like it is it is a homage to the original evil deads where the uh uh fucking oh my god everybody's gonna chastise me because i forgot her name but it, it, her head gets squashed the eyeball shoots out lands in the the fucking sister cousin's mouth and uh, dude i love how many different throwbacks they had to the originals and still staying with its own existence of a story beautifully done so you know she kills literally every fucking body in the the hallway the lens aspect from the uh door hole yes they had like a a a squeezed in fisheye lens like you were looking through a door uh, so action-packed and it's just people getting thrown and chewed on and a fucking shotgun. And then she takes the shotgun fucking and shoots that guy. Fucking phenomenal scene. The and whole thing. Like, okay, they're all dead in the hallway. We're going to find a way out now, even though they should have been looking for one. Wow, that was yes, happening. they were, But yeah. they oh, leave whatever. the little one there, and she goes to the door, and her mom's trying to convince her to open the door. She's like, your dad's with us now. Open up. We'll be a big, happy family. And she's, like, about to open the door. No, she opened the she, fucking she door. Goes, she opens the door where she um, the mom can get her arm in. And yeah. it's like, what the fuck, you dumbass So they kid? come running in there, and the mom has the kid, like, 
in the air, holding her up with one arm, By just like flinging her around. Mm-hmm. And so they they kind of fight it off, uh, whatever, they're fighting that. And meanwhile, the daughter fucking turns it's because of the infection from the mom. Yes. And the son goes in there and she's fucking eating glass talking about... I've got the squirmies in my belly, and I don't like when I have squirmies in my belly. I've got to get them out. Oh, it's like, uh, she said, I got to kill the creepy crawlies that I got inside my tummy. I don't like having things inside my tummy. Do you, Auntie Beth? Because Auntie Mm. Beth was preggers. Yeah. So, big fucking straight-up battle again. and attacks the littlest kid. Mm -hmm. And I love how when she attacked it, the way that that deadite was killed was the smallest kid stabbed the demon and the other kid in the throat. With the big stick, and the funny part about that is it was foreshadowed in the very first scene with the kids, because when that kid made the sharp stick, you remember that kid that had turned into the deadite was like, <gasps> and took off running away from yeah. it. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was cool how she died from that same stick. Hell yeah. No, and then uh, the deadite girl, the oldest kid, that's a that's the daughter, she was like, I told you you should have put the book back, Danny. And she actually, again, like, one of the things that we talked about when we, before it got into all this murdering, is that Grim was like, oh, they're not going to kill the kids. And they immediately blew that out of the fucking water. Yeah. Because they almost killed all the kids, like, mm-hmm. right in the same little area. They killed, like, three kids back to back to back. The cat told three. the demon about the The kid in the hallway bed. that she oh, threw yes. against the wall. That is true. Um... So that I mean, it was super, super fun watching that back and forth, and how the, the two youngest kids were fighting like a badass, and mm-hmm. the cat was a snitch. I <laughs> said, "Well, maybe it's the cat up there, but the cat was what let the demon know, hey, I can go in the house yep. through the vents.' Yeah, the cat was in the air ducts because it, it they referenced how it's always getting loose and going in the air ducts, and it's meowing and everything. So the dead eye mom is like, "Oh, I can get the fuck up there and break mm-hmm. in, and she does." And so the uh, the uh, foster mom stuff. is like sitting there trying to figure out how to reverse it by thinking like in all the other movies there were incantations to reverse mm-hmm. the spell. Well, in this one, the record's like, "You're fucked. You're fucked. There's nothing you can do. She There's nothing in that, the book. You are fucked. Like she this book that is no way." Time listening to that and just to be like, "Hey, there's no there's, there's no way, no out, way of out of this." And that's yeah. when the demon has already come through the vent. And you could see it, like, contortioned on the wall behind her, and then it kind of crawls up. And that's when she realizes, oh, shit, it's behind me. And then it stabs her. Well, no, she stabs it, and then it literally just fucking looks at her. It doesn't move a muscle. It doesn't even blink. just looks at her and throws her ass across the room. Yeah, that was fucking amazing. It was funny as shit. (laughs) And then... The funniest part about that was that was when the demon goes to grab the kid in the stomach because she's listening to the heartbeat. She's like, oh. Two souls. Uh-huh. Two souls. And then she goes to reach into it. The young and the kid little kid fucking comes out of nowhere. To her. And she, she fucking jacks it into her fucking nose, like into her brain. And she falls cool out. Jigsaw so, puzzle. You know, of course, the, uh, the youngest boy kid gets killed then. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And it, we're down to the last two, which, again, I, t- I called that right at the beginning. I was like, there's going to be two people that survived, or probably the youngest and the sister. But yep. that doesn't kill um, her as a deadite. That doesn't kill the mom or anything. No, so no. The mom. The, so they go off running. The demon zombies are. And they get out in the hallway, but and now every comes... single person that was killed. In, at any point now gets up as a deadite and they're like all 
you know, Dead by Dawn. They're all saying they're all the screaming. classic stuff, Everybody Dead by Dawn. Everybody here dies by Dawn. They're talking about, we'll swallow your soul. They're doing all the Evil Dead references. Yes. The mom and daughter go into the fucking elevator. The elevator starts filling up with fucking blood. It comes out of the elevator button so cool. And they get stuck in there. It and then the, the max load. The elevator drops and fucking smashes to the ground and blood pours out all uh fucking um uh the shining and they're there and they're thinking about the book and it shows the other deadites come up to the mother who's now like laying on the ground and they all start like digging into her and like mm-hmm. reaching in and mm-hmm. pushing into her and shit. And uh it turns out this demon is a fucking Cronenberg demon. Uh, and it does like a thing, like uh, from the, the movie faces. The Thing, where it just kind of combines all their parts and comes after them. Now, this is very Limbo did it, uh, The Last of Us did it. Like there are so many things that have done this. this. Is so this is the only trope. Like it was great. Don't get me wrong, I loved it, and it's interesting they went this way. But it has definitely been done multiple times before. <laughs> it was still very well done. Yes. It was good. And they end up in the the parking deck uh, battling. Uh, They run to the car, they get in the car, and they get stuck by that hole in the beginning. Yep, they get Mm -hmm. stuck in the hole, and the monster comes, and they run out of the car, and it all climaxes to the fucking thing getting jammed into the damn wood Mm -hmm. chipper, because... In well, every one of these got movies. Through the gate and the little kid did it and the little kid got grabbed by the monster and the aunt's like, oh no, I gotta break back in. And the monster's literally about to kill the little kid when she finally gets in there, shoots it, and that's when she's got her in the wood chipper. Yeah, and they all mm-hmm. go in the, they she goes in the wood chipper and... And then finally the little one comes into play as to being a little bit helpful in the movie. Yeah. And the thing about the wood chipper is if you look at any other Evil Dead, especially the Besides transition the between Evil and uh Evil Dead One and Evil Dead Two, mm-hmm. where they he chopped up his girlfriend and buried her and all of her pieces came back and they even reference it in the record, like, no matter how much you break these things down, they're still gonna come back. So the wood chipper like is the natural progression of this because how the fuck do you come back from a like a puddle of blood? Yeah. There's nothing to come back from. No. And I love that. So they do that, they get the hell out of there. Kid and then, turns the wood chipper off. <coughs> and then one of the one of the girls that's in the other apartment comes in and she's like, What the fuck is going on over here? Hey, I'll be out there in the woods to meet up with you guys in a minute. I'm just going to go look at this giant puddle of blood over here real quick. Yeah, like, why would you go, like, slowly <coughs> investigating that shit instead of getting the fuck out of there? Why? And that harkens back to the intro the of the movie where they're out at the woods and the girl's possessed and she's possessed by her. I like how yep. that looped. I thought that was really good. Very well. So what other thoughts do you guys have? Did we miss any of the notes that you guys took? Um, oh, I loved when they were... Like, after she had turned the wood chipper off, the sister, like, gets up real slow, grabs the chainsaw, and shoves it using the chainsaw. And then oh, she's yeah. got, like, the head, holding the head out of the um, person that's her sister. And she calls her, what was it? Groupie. Or something like that. And she looked at her, she was like, only my sister calls me that. She I says, psycho, groupie, something, something, because I... Thought it's funny because it sounds like the system of a down song where it's like psycho groupie cocaine crazy because she called her a psycho psycho groupie something another something another. (laughs) What about you, Grammy? Got any more notes? Um, The the pizza box said Henrietta's pizza box. 
Oh, oh nice. Yeah, and Henrietta is the name of the uh, grandmother from the original one, mm-hmm. the girl that first became the yeah. very first Deadite. I thought that was really cool, like little cameo. That's fucking. There are so many different little harkens to this movie at that you you gotta watch it. See if you can see them all. I know for a fact that. Is there something about the car? Yeah, and I thought the Mustang was in it, but I think I might be wrong. It might have been parked in there, but they do get in a Mustang. I don't think it was the original, but I could be wrong about that because it could have just been souped up a little bit. Um, Her saying, come get some. She does. She goes, come get some. And I was like, ah, yeah, fucking yeah, do it. (laughs) Um, Or or, um, one of uh, the the uh, Deadite saying, I'll swallow your soul. Yes. Well, Dead by Dawn, again. Yeah. That's another one of those Easter eggs. Oh, mm-hmm. all the way down to the fact that, that the kid is dressed up like Freddy Krueger when he uh, comes to the door, like showing that, mm-hmm. doing that Freddy Krueger rift again that they always go back and forth with Nightmare and Evil Dead, which is fucking and awesome. The elevator scene with all the blood was like, uh, that's something from like The Shining that's giving mm-hmm. homage. Well, it's also in uh, Nightmare on Elm Street in the sixth one yes. where the girl's the swimmer and shit. Uh, uh, there's a there's a few different movies. There's a mm-hmm. lot of different Harkins to a ton of different horror movies. This is almost like an homage to a lot of different stuff, which is uh, they did such a fucking kick-ass job. I, I yes, love the fucking they shit did. out of it. I love that the Deadites being able to read without seeing. Yeah, I, I fucking love that so much. I love the the way that they set the Deadites' eyes in this mm-hmm. one. In all of the other Evil Deads, it was their. Um, the way their eyes brow was like deepened and the, yes. this brow was pulled out. But in this one, everyone had a very specific sort of milky, disgusting eye that set each one of them apart. But a uh, great fucking cinematography, great colors drawn out. And even saying this movie is dark, I didn't have a point where I was like, God damn, I wish I could see that effect better. Because even though it was dark, they showed everything really, really well. And it Mm -hmm. was really fucking good. I, damn, go watch Mm -hmm. this fucking movie. Okay, so it says the film features a voice-only cameo from Bruce Campbell. Where he's actually chewing on something, and it's a Foley sound effect for something. Okay, so he wasn't the voice of the priest or anything? No. Okay, just making sure. He does a Foley sound effect that they used him, like, biting into an apple or Mm -hmm. some shit like that. Well, that's fun. Yeah. (laughs) But, yeah, like, so many references. (laughs) Such a great movie. Again, I give it a nine. Carrie gives it a nine. Grim gives it an eight. Is there anything else you guys want to say about the movie? Such great actors here so well. I love the SFX makeup, the use of blood. Like I said, it is a bloodbath. Very fast-paced film, and I, fuck, it kept me very much entertained. Agreed. I couldn't tear my eyes away. Normally, there's boring moments in movies. I really wasn't bored. (laughs) So, yeah, guys, that has been uh, our movie review on this episode of Rotten Mornings. Uh, This is the end of the episode. So, uh, as we always do, we're going to tell you guys, stay rotten. Stay rotten. Stay rotten. And y'all have a great morning, and we'll talk to you next week. Be sure to keep up with us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, uh, fucking Twitch, Twitter, (laughs) uh, fucking everything else. Your mom's house. Your mom's refrigerator with our macaroni art. (laughs) Uh, But we love you guys. Thank you for listening in, and have a great morning. And stay rotten. Stay rotten. Stay rotten.